Hey, welcome to the On Call Empath. I am Sarah Beth Wald, Boundaries and Trauma Coach, and I have such a great conversation today with Raj about all things boundaries, accountability, and grace. So tune in. All right, guys, we are back. Happy New Year. Thank you guys for tuning in to another whole brand new episode. And today I have a very special guest. You guys don't want to miss this episode. Sarah Wall. She is a boundary and trauma coach. Sarah, it's an honor to have you on this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to be here. Absolutely. And so I was looking at all of your social media and everything that you're doing. Could you tell me a little bit to the audience also, what kind of got you all into this field and how did you end up doing it? I know you were in journalism for a little bit and now you're helping so many people. Yeah. So, um, I was a social worker first and, um, I did that for several years and, so I've always kind of had that heart for helping people, but I also am a, a compulsive writer. I write, um, that's how I heal from my own trauma. And, um, I wanted to, I had writer dreams. So I went back to school and I got a master's in journalism Mm -hmm. and I kind of went back and forth between social work and journalism for 25 years. And, um, really wanted to figure out a way to combine both. So as in my personal life too, I started to want to process my own trauma and I went through a divorce and I needed to, I had a child and I needed to get my, my head on straight from a personal level. So I blogged myself through that and I created this a framework called redefining love mm-hmm. and it wasn't originally meant to be for anything other than my own healing but it just has grown organically it's been really beautiful and other people started connecting with it and um i have this kind of mighty community of of trauma survivors now who are just really excited about redefining love you know, it's funny how like, you know, writing, I know journaling for a lot of people that are listening, people that I coach, it, it kind of releases all that, uh, you know, inside subconscious feelings that we had through trauma. Um, when you published your blog and, and things like that, did you feel like a sense of like some sort of healing um, from writing? Like, is that how you kind of got into it? Yeah. And I did. And I always feel freedom through writing. I mean, it really was like a freeing experience. Um, The framework of redefining love doesn't really require writing, although, of course, as a writer, I recommend it. But um, for me, putting my truth out there, one of my biggest issues, and I know this happens to a lot of trauma survivors is my internal world and my external world were not matching up. Mm -hmm. I was internally in turmoil, but externally everything, I had it all together. You know, I didn't have any big, um, 
drama in my external life until my divorce. Mm -hmm. But um, internally, I was kind of a mess. Yeah. So absolutely, it was so freeing to just say, hey, you know what, this is who I really am. And I put it out there. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, especially now you're, it seems like you're doing a lot better and you're helping people. Um, So there are a lot of people that are listening right now who may have gone through abusive relationship. Maybe they had a bad uh, marriage, their divorce. Um, and in your case, uh, what kind of, what do you think constitute people to seek out like abusive relationships, um, especially in adult- adulthood? Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in you have to go all the way back. Um, we tend to choose people that we feel validate who we think we are. And for a trauma survivor, it's really hard to come out of trauma. I'm not going to, I never say impossible, but sure. we come out of trauma with a feeling that we are, we're worthless. Um, we don't deserve good things. We don't deserve happiness. And one of the big things with redefining love for me was I needed to literally come up with a new definition of love. My definition of love was that love was always warm and fuzzy. And um, it was it was a good positive feeling. And yet here I am wanting to deal with these really negative experiences from my childhood that really took me into this uh, unhealthy marriage relationship that I had. And I didn't know any other way to love besides if, if I'm not doing it right, I'm, I'm a screw up. I don't know how to love and make it warm and fuzzy and happy. And when I redefine love, I was able to love people from a distance Mm -hmm. and how this relates to your question, which was, um, how do people find themselves in these toxic relationships as adults? We don't know how to love if we've come out of trauma. We don't know how mm-hmm. to relate to people in a healthy way. And we don't love ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if you don't love yourself, you're going to be attracted to people who are going to treat you, the, who validate mm-hmm. that feeling of, your, of worthlessness within yourself. Yeah. And it's so... I mean, it makes so much sense. I know like a lot of people that I, that I coach and talk to, um, even after a bad relationship or, or maybe they grew up in a toxic home, they'll, they'll seek out the same, you know, same thing over and over, you know, um, they'll keep going to maybe a narcissist or somebody that's manipulative. Um, and the cycle continues So I wanted to kind of direct the next question is how do we break this cycle in your opinion? Like what's, cause that's like the, the biggest thing that I see across the board with majority of the clients that I coach is that they'll, they'll go from one relationship to another, Mm -hmm. but what you're saying is it maybe it, it might be good just to kind of step back, reassess, learn how to love yourself before we start, we can love someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And the brain 
is as i'm sure you you know is is a computer really and it mm -hmm. gets programmed and if you are raised with this idea uh all these negative ideas and these um toxic relationships then that is what your brain is programmed to pursue and it is possible to reprogram the system but if you keep bouncing from relationship to relationship, and that isn't even just um, romantic relationships, it's friendships, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, the coworkers that you choose to go for drinks yes. with after work, it's, it's all the people that you include <clears throat> in your circle. So one of the things that I try to do is help people really reprogram that brain and De decide what your circle needs to be and do that for yourself internally before you go out and form other relationships. Right. Yes. Because I think it's, it just adds more complications. And if you're attracted to toxic people and in all areas of your life, your friendships, your, it, your romantic relationships, then not only are you carrying around your own trauma, but then you start loading on the trauma of other people too. Yeah. So start with yourself. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of empaths, all you guys that are tuning in, we are people pleasers by nature kind of, and we have to kind of unlearn that, or at least know that we are doing it. Um, and I know I am guilty of that too, where even in uh, the workforce, being people pleaser, um, you know, just having problems, putting boundaries, being afraid, which all stems from previous um, experiences. Now you're, you talk about boundaries a lot um, and we'll get to the redefi redefining love. Um, but before we get there, can you kind of um, explain to all the people that are listening um, how to actually start to use healthy boundaries, especially when you've been in a relationship where maybe you weren't allowed to use any, or maybe you're coming off a bad dramatic relationship and you, you feel uncomfortable putting boundaries. What are some things that people could do right away after listening to this episode that possibly they can kind of incorporate in their life? Mm -hmm. So my very favorite go-to is the analogy of offense. I think that people get confused about what boundaries are. I think that people think that boundaries are just saying no when you're mm -hmm. asked to volunteer or saying no when you're asked to go out on a Saturday night when really you just want to stay in. It's so much more than that. Um, so the very first step is for, in my opinion, is mm -hmm. reframing what boundaries means. And the best thing that I can do to explain that is the analogy of the fence. So if you're going to build a fence in your yard, um, you first have to figure out where the property line is, because if you build the fence too far in, then other people get to come into your property mm -hmm. and you don't get the full benefit of of the space that you take up. But if you build it too far out, which trauma survivors, you know, we struggle with that. I struggle with it um, still. And um, 
sometimes we violate other people's boundaries because we don't know where that property line is. We haven't established our own space that we take up in the world. Mm -hmm. So if you build it into the other person's yard, they're going to be mad. Yeah. (laughs) So before, again, as we've already kind of mentioned, before you can even start setting boundaries, you have to figure Mm -hmm. out what space you take up in the world. Mm -hmm. And that's, a huge process of mm-hmm. digging in and um, maybe reestablishing who you are and completely reframing who you thought you were from the experiences that you had as a child. Yeah. And that totally makes sense. I mean, boundaries is something that you have to continue practicing and get constant exposure to. It doesn't happen once or twice. You just got to kind of keep doing it and maybe start off very small, like with people you don't know, and then start moving up to more, um, <laughs> I guess, for people like family members and, you know, people that that really matter that could take things away from you if you, if you upset them. Um, and I know like people that are stuck with narcissists that live with them, this is not an option for you guys. And I get that but you can still, you have a lot of other controllables. You can control a lot of other things and slowly start uh, to make plans to get to a safer place. So you can start using your boundary setting and, and uh, start living the life that you deserve, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that. I love what you just said of starting with, um, I guess, safer relationships um, and starting small. And I also love the idea of starting within yourself. So maybe Mm -hmm. the boundary is, it isn't even applied to somebody else. Maybe the boundary is, you know what, today I am going to make sure that I go to bed early because I'm always Mm -hmm. exhausted. And um so start with, or today I'm going to drink more water. We don't think Mm -hmm. about those things, those self-care things as boundaries, but really when you're not taking care of your own needs, Mm -hmm. how are you going to set boundaries with other people when you're not even setting them with yourself? Yeah. It's kind of like you guys. um, I always preach that you have to fill your own cup before you can help other people. And I know that I, say that a lot but I really mean that like you are your you have to look out for your own self and that's why you know inner child work is very important for those who Mm. may have gotten abused as a child by their maybe parents or caregivers or maybe recently you just got out of a divorce and you're still traumatized and you're you're still not sure which directions to go and so um so I want to just kind of throw you a curveball here and And so this is related, but I wanted to ask you, like, let's say somebody came to you and said, hey, look, you know, I've tried everything. Um, I got out of a bad relationship of, let's say, 20 years of marriage or whatnot. I've tried everything. Like I went to therapy. I went, you know, I watched all the YouTube videos and I read all the books and I'm still, I feel like I'm not moving anywhere. Um, and I get that a lot and I, I can feel the frustrations from a lot of people that write into me, um, people that I coach, almost like they've given up. And now we're starting 2022, you guys, it's a new slate and, you know, we can start m- making changes, you know, f- 
and look out in the future and be optimistic. But when you constantly in that mind frame where, you know, not victimhood, but you're just like, nothing's going to change. I've tried everything. It's just how I am. My family was like that. Their family was like that. Um, it might be generational. What can you tell somebody that just completely lost hope? Um, they'll have their ups and downs, of course, but majority of the time, they're just like, it might work for everyone else, but not me. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear that a lot. So mm-hmm. what can you tell to that per- certain person that might be listening right now in this podcast? Hmm. Well, the first thing that I would say is that I think that the rock bottom hopelessness is the the stage where I find the most from the most healing for myself and what I see in other people, because it's all about giving up that control. Like I keep doing this. I keep doing this. I keep doing this. And and this is a hard one with, with abuse and trauma recovery. Um, The word accountability gets scary because Mm -hmm. you definitely don't want to blame people right for the mistreatment by other people we are all accountable for so those people that hurt you are 100% responsible for the choices they made and it is not your fault because with healing as you guys know especially the people that are tuning in that are my you know that, that I coach that there is no time frame like with trauma mm-hmm. victims i feel like there's no destination every day you have to, like for me, for example, I have to do certain things every day. And if I miss one or two things, I will feel it. Like if I don't journal, if I don't do movement, if I don't eat certain things and be somewhat healthy, I mean, granted some days I'm totally off, which I'm totally okay with, but majority of the days, if I'm not holding myself accountable, like you said, it starts to affect me in all aspects of my life from you know, even podcasts and dealing with people and talking to just random people, it it, it, it accumulates. So I, I understand what you're saying with that. And um, yeah, it could be very hard for anyone that's been through trauma and we don't ever compare one from other. doesn't mean like yours is, you went through so much more so that, you know, every, every trauma means something unique to that person. Um, so never minimize it. So so I wanted to kind of ask you personally, um, and you don't have to go into too much detail, but if you want to just kind of tell us like a little bit about how you um, got yourself out of trauma, but like the extent of like what you dealt with, how you got to, you know, the person you are today, just helping so many people and, and being who you are. Yeah. Um Absolutely. So I grew up in, and I kind of alluded to this, but I grew up in a, what seemed like a perfect world and a perfect family. Um, My parents were prominent people in the community and very involved in, in the business community and in church and things. And the way that we were at home though was very different um there was mental illness there was mm-hmm. um addiction and um it was it it was severe enough to where i really 
think when I went out into the world, I didn't even know what the world, it was very isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even, there was just so many things I didn't even know existed. And um, I thought that the way that I grew up was completely normal. Um, narcissistic parents yes. and um, that image was everything. <laughs> And I always felt like I didn't measure up because mm-hmm. I am not, um, I'm kind of a bookworm nerd kind of person. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't fit. I didn't fit into the whole grand scheme of, of my family. Mm-hmm. And I felt very lost and I felt like there was something wrong with me. Um, and and I witnessed physical violence. And I mean, it was just, were you the only no child? Stability. Yeah. What's that? Were you the only child? No, I actually have three brothers. So, okay. so you I'm were... right. I'm right in the middle. So I'm the second. <laughs> okay. Um, but I was the only girl, which the dynamic between my mom and I was very unhealthy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a lot of pressure on me to be someone that I just wasn't. And I constantly felt like I didn't measure up. And so I went out into the world just wanting to escape. And I escaped to a very broken person. Yeah. And for many years, we were together for over 12 years, um, married for over eight. Um, I can look back at it now with a lot of grace for him because his childhood made mine look like a walk in the park for one thing. So Mm -hmm. definitely we, we shared that trauma experience, but, and I'm not, I don't excuse the way that he treated me, but we were two broken kids who kind of just hopped on the first bus out of town and, and went and tried to figure it out. And I feel like what we really were doing was we were just a couple of kids kind of playing dress up playing grown up yeah and we got lots of degrees and we were (laughs) professionals and we looked you know (laughs) looked apart yeah and basically I followed the same pattern that my parents were doing and then there was infidelity involved um actually I think probably the whole time but there was one that finally just sort of clicked with me you know and I had a baby I had a new baby um, and I just, there was an incident that made me realize I can't raise my son in this. This is a pattern. And if I don't Mm -hmm. get out, then he's just going to continue. Yeah. So um, sometimes we do things for our kids that we won't do for ourselves. And I, I left and I thought that was sort of the big, the end of the, hardship but it was really kind of just the beginning mm-hmm. um I went through nine years of intense therapy blogging mm-hmm. writing researching so when you said um there is no timeline on healing that just spoke to me because yeah. it was not a simple like okay mm-hmm. I figured all this out um I what that was the beginning of mm-hmm. my healing and it took nine years yeah, thank you for sharing that. I know it probably wasn't easy. And um, one of the reasons why 
I chose you to be on this podcast, especially on the elite series is because I feel, and I, I say this a lot in a lot of my episodes is I think with trauma, I mean, you can study it all you want in books and, you know, unless you've been through it yourself and you've been in that dark place and you've come out of it and now you can kind of guide other people, there's something to that component where I feel like people that have been through trauma themselves are probably the the people that I get a lot of my information from just Mm -hmm. because I can look at them in the eyes and, and I can see the pain and they can see my pain and it's like we connect right away mm-hmm. and there's an instant connection because I see you and that person says the same thing back. I see you as well. And that is why I kind of created this podcast, but I also wanted to amplify people's voices like yourself to all the people that are listening out there that might feel they might be trapped or maybe in the same situation as what what you went through. But at the end of the day, there's hope, you know, that you've, you've definitely come out of it and maybe you're still working on it some every day. And that's, that's good as well. But, and, and so now you started the redefining love. And so I wanted to kind of have you shed some light on how you got to that and what that exactly entails just for, for everyone that's listening. Right. So, um, Redefining love is built on this, on three pillars, boundaries, accountability, and grace. And all three of those pillars need to be applied both internally and externally. So we've kind of chatted a little bit about each one of those throughout this conversation. Mm So, so yeah, when I went through my own processing, I walked through each of those stages and I came out the other side and I realized like I might be onto something here that could help other people. And it was a lot of research and it was a lot of hard work and I did not do it alone. I think a lot of trauma survivors think they need to figure it out on their own. Yeah. Um, you've got to let people in and let people help you. And so redefining love is really you can't do, you can't do boundaries without holding yourself and others accountable. You can't hold people accountable without giving yourself and others grace. Um, and all of those things, those three things together will lead to forgiveness. So that's kind of what redefining love is in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that you can love somebody from a distance um, cause I know a lot of people go non-contact with, you know, their abusers and I'm a big, you know, advocate of that. Like if somebody is that toxic, mm-hmm. yep, you got to get rid of them guys. And I, I yeah. say this in a lot of my episodes and my podcasts and YouTube videos that if somebody is making you a certain way, messing with your, your head, and it's deregulating like your whole body, your whole life. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to have them around. However, mm-hmm. this this thing from loving them from di- a distance where you could still function, but you can still have them at arm's length 
and um, possibly, you know, that might be good for, for that person, but every person's different. So I, I like that, that idea. In fact, where can we um, find out more about this? Do you, can you tell us where we can find you on, on social media and look into more of this uh, redefining love? Yeah. Um, my website is redefine-love.com. And I am also on Facebook. You can find me at Sarah Beth Wald, um, Sarah with no H. (laughs) And uh, there is a Redefining Love um, page as well on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at Love Redefine. And all of those places are great ways mm-hmm. to um and currently i have a group that i am building so eventually it will be a paid membership but right now it's you can just come on and mm-hmm. um, join the facebook group for redefining love too there you go well i'm very honored for you to be here and i love the work that you're doing and as soon as i saw all of your social media i was like you can bring a lot of value to a lot of people so keep up the amazing work that you're doing. But I appreciate you coming on and uh, you're always welcome back, Sarah. Mm, Thank you for having me and thank you for what you do. I mean, so much wisdom in this conversation that you've shared too. So I just am grateful for what you do and the opportunity to chat with you. Absolutely. Thank you again. And you guys stay tuned for the next episode this year. I have a lot more guests coming on. We have the Coaches Summit, which I'll be dropping soon. So thank you again for coming with me on my journey. Stay tuned for the next episode, and we are out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.